Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports, and get ready for some pop culture as we are talking the wrestling, as it is WWE SummerSlam 2020 this weekend, and uh, we're going to be making a few of our predictions and breaking down some of the matches on the card, and you know if I'm talking wrestling, I'm talking with Mac. Mac, how the heck are you, and uh, happy belated birthday, good sir. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes, indeed. And I'm great. How are you? Oh, doing great. As Yeah, well, you know, as great as you can be in uh, this COVID era of just kind of taking life one day at a time. And, uh, you know, just just get, you know, just getting by one day at a time. It's just surviving, right? I got I got uh, personally nothing going on with me. So that's I, I take that as a good thing in, in this current era that we live in. Um We'll take what we can get. Exactly. I am pretty excited to talk about some uh, some SummerSlam with you because I think this is going to be a lot of this uh, pay per view's got a lot of fun. They got some new stuff going on for this one. They brought back some old favorites as far as match stipulations and and whatnot for this one. There's some some uh, in the ring and off the ring stuff that uh, out of the ring stuff to talk about and. Uh, Probably the most important thing is that uh, they debuted the Thunderdome, Mac, uh, earlier today. <laughs> uh, it's actually going on right now as you and I uh, squeak right now. Uh, the I was I was watching a little bit as we were uh, right before we started recording, and I don't know if you've seen it, but um, it's uh, uh, it's kind of the stuff nightmares are made of. I'm not gonna lie. I uh, I at first glance, I'm sure I'll get used to it. But uh, at first glance, it, it was it was pretty off-putting. Have you seen the Thunderdome? I've only read about mm-hmm. thousands of LED boards, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I I just wonder like, is this going to be like, uh, is this going to be terrible? Probably, but I'm going to give them credit for at least like they're trying to, mm-hmm. I guess, use their wealth to do something interesting here try to get this you know to be more than a barren arena Mm -hmm. so you know that (laughs) even if it's ridiculous it at least makes me interested in seeing it (laughs) yeah you got to get the fans involved because the the without the fans it's just like wrestling just truly isn't working with uh it's it's just truly isn't working without fans as much as i i still applaud everybody else uh, going out there and putting out the effort and the compet and the uh, competitors and and the wrestlers going out there and doing their thing it's just you, you really need the crowd to give it that extra just that extra 10% right that 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 really makes wrestling cuz you can't have stuff like like just imagine like i i consider in my lifetime the biggest pop like that i've ever heard i i know people a lot of people say it's the mankind uh winning the title from uh, they they you know that's collectively referred to as the pop heard around the world but for me the pop I always go to was um Jericho's first appearance on Raw in 2000 or, or 99 or whenever it was I think it was 99 but when he showed up and it like and the millennium countdown counted down to zero and then it you know the the fireworks went off and then just Jericho uh, like came across the Titan Tron and the crowd just went ballistic uh, you know, stuff like that with no crowd. It's just like, wow, that's just really not going to work, is it? <laughs> right? Like, you just you can't have big comebacks without the crowd to like, like if CM Punk came back, like the 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 aforementioned CM Punk uh, 
comeback that everybody, which would be the biggest comeback that could, which is the comeback that would elicit the biggest pop in WWE, right? Imagine if that happened with no crowd in the stands. That would be just so off-putting. But the Thunderdome, I mean, I'll get used to it, but at first glance, and I'm sure that, I'm sure what they're, uh, they're, because they're using it tonight during uh, 205 Live or whatever whatever, uh, show they were putting on earlier today. Um, Oh, yeah. I'm the guinea pigs. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure they're using it to kind of work the kinks out before SmackDown tomorrow and then NXT on Saturday and then uh, and then SummerSlam, of course, on Sunday, because um, the sight lines were really bad uh, on some of the matches where the LED lights were were too bright uh, on the hard camera side. So it it was really distracting from the match I saw. But I imagine they'll uh, they'll they'll work that uh, crap out before the pay-per-views on the weekend. And which is why I think they're doing it tonight. But like it was it was. It was something else. I'm not. I'm not going to say this is a horrible idea. It's just like let's just they're they're just working the kinks out, hopefully. And then uh, obviously the long term uh, hope is that uh, we we beat this COVID thing and we can start uh, going outside once again and and being in big groups of people that you don't necessarily know. Um. So at least it's you know something that it it could really add to it. And I think about I think about kids like. If some kid was like, oh, I really want to go, you know, I want to go to wrestling, you know, special birthday, your mm-hmm. make-a-wish kids and this kind of thing, they could be there in the virtual fans, you know, at least that's yeah. something. That's true, that's true. And there was also, like, I, I think I read somewhere that, like, with the virtual fans, they, they had, like, it's some sort of revolving door, like, you sign up as, like, a VIP on the website or something like that. Like, you have to be subscribed to the network, and then you can get, you sign up, and if you get selected. But I guess if you, like if you aren't watching the matches for too long, or if you like look away to check your phone or some garbage there, you know, somebody is in charge of like rotating you out basically. So it's like, you can't look down to check your phone or anything to see if somebody called. So I'm just imagining people in their basement, just going like do it, doing the Will Ferrell thing where it's like, ma, the meatloaf, you know, like, <laughs> I'm watching the wrestling. They're going to take me off, you know, like, hot pockets. Right. Like just, Oh, oh man, yeah, should be something. I didn't know that. That's that is kind of crazy. I, but I, I guess, I'm not even sure if it's true. Have, I just like, read virtual faces. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even sure if it's true. I just read that somewhere and I took it as gospel because it just sounded so funny to me that I'm like, I I choose to believe that because it's so hilarious, <laughs> right? You know, it's one of those things. <laughs> um, before we get into SummerSlam, I want to talk one uh match on the NXT pay per view. I want to get your opinion on one thing. Uh, All right. Cool. Karrion Cross is taking on our boy Keith Lee for the NXT Championship, I believe. Okay. And I just wanted to ask you this: if the loser of this match got called up to the main roster, who would you want the loser of this match to be? Hmm. Who it, for a call up? Like yeah. Uh. Keith Lee, even if you if you lost and was called up, like it's it's not gonna hurt him. You know what I mean? He's super babyface, super over, uh, and I I would rather that happen because first of all, I'd rather have uh, Killer Cross be like you know have a run before he gets called up. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want him to just get the super quick call up or something like that. So that that's that's what I would want to happen, and I, I Keith Lee is fine. He's Keith Lee. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I I just 
I, I don't think either of them will get, will get called up. I just think that's like, those are the two guys though in, in the heavyweight division right now of NXT that they just seem like if they get called up, they could just shoot them straight to the moon. Right. Uh, and I just, I want it to happen for Keith Lee so bad. Cause I want Keith Lee to be on the next WrestleMania pay, uh, pay-per-view. That's, that's, that's my goal. That's where I'm at. Right. Is, is I, I want Keith Lee to have some sort of match at, at the next WrestleMania. Uh, I want him to be, to be up. Cause it's just, he just doesn't need to be down in, but like, again, it's another thing where you'd want Keith, you'd want a crowd there when Keith Lee gets that call up. Right. Cause it's, it would just like, you know, getting the crowd doing the old, you know, uh, the, the old Manchester United chant where they do for bask in his glory and stuff like that. And it's just like, ah, <laughs> you, know, you would just, you would want all of that. Uh, anyway, uh, Mac and Matt Pierce, giant Keith Lee fans, um, Velveteen dreams back, but, uh, we're just gonna, much like the WWE, we're just going to ignore that and push on past it. Cause, uh, I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> like real collar pulling. Uh, anyway, well, and that off pivoting off that awkward note, um, SummerSlam 2020, some pretty good matches on this one. Uh, the good people of Wikipedia have this in kind of a weird order, so I'm going to be jumping around a little bit here. Let us start with um, the WWE Raw Tag Team Champion match with the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Fors, the champions. Uh, most likely accompanied to the ring by Bianca Belair, uh, are going up against uh, Andrade and Angel Garza, who will also be accompanied by Zelina Vega. So we'll have like a two guys and one girl kind of situation here. The current odds for this match, Mac, um, are the Street Profits at minus 125. And even more surprisingly, Andrade and Angel Garza are minus 165. So... Um, oh. <laughs> this, yeah, this is a so th- th- you're not getting good juice on this one, I don't think. So the, from a gambling standpoint, Matt Pierce says stay away from this. Um, also, I don't. How the hell can this be? Both negatives. Oh, easily because like uh, the way that works is it's the same way as a coin flip, right? Uh, the only time you can bet on a coin flip in the uh, in in the uh, NFL is during the Super Bowl, right? And even then, okay. you got to pay juice on it. So, like, because we all know the coin flip is just simply 50-50. It's the purest thing in the world, right? Oh, um, yeah. But they even even in the Super Bowl, they make you pay juice because it's minus 110 both ways, heads or tails. So, Vegas is stealing a little bit of money anyway <laughs> off the coin flip from stupid people during the Super Bowl. So, this just basically means that it could go either way, and they're covering themselves both ways um, with uh, a little bit more juice on Andrade and Angel Garza, which tells you that the odds makers uh, either have the inside information that Andrade and Angel Garza are winning, or that's just the way they're leaning. Um, That said, I'm not exactly sure which way this is going to go, because in my mind... Andrade and Angel Garza, they've been teasing, like, dissension in the ranks between those two. Um, Obviously, Bianca Belair and Zelina Vega are going to have their moment during this fight. And quite frankly, uh, Montez Ford, he he had his red solo cup poisoned. (laughs) Like, he was poisoned (laughs) two weeks ago, Mac. Are you really going to poison a dude and then two weeks later take his title? I don't know. Man, that would be just just shameful. I don't know. How do you feel about this one? The Street Profits versus uh, Andrade and Angel Garza. Um, it just seemed like if I, okay, 
if I was booking, I would have uh, Andrade and Angel win just to keep some sort of heel credibility, right? Because you don't want this just to be, you know, a flavor of the week that Street Profits emerges victorious from. Uh, and this heel, this I guess they might they might want to break up Andrade and Angel for the just variety here to keep it moving to get closure on it i don't know but if they did it the other way at least then it would it would it would make sense to me to have andrade and angel win just to make him look half decent you know what i mean but if they're but i it probably won't happen. i'm still going to say andrade and angel just because i you know you don't want like face win face win face win okay here's the pay-per-view another face win it's like oh well, no 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 duh Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it's either like sometimes in these situations, the face will win because of a complete dissension in the heel rank or because of other shenanigans or because it's a big capstone match because the stakes have been rising each time. Right. Yeah. Well, is kind of the case because the poisoning. So there's some retribution. But I mean, I, I don't think Andrade and Angel will win, even though I, I kind of want them to. Um, this one depends on, cause like, I have no idea if they want to keep this going. It seems like, uh, Andrade, like, I'm not sure how into this, uh, uh, this like kind of three on three feud that they've got going with, um, uh, this, with the, uh, the street profits and Bianca versus Andrade angel and, and Zelina Vega. Um, but it's, it's interesting they, that they have this, right? Like a mixed kind of stable yeah. versus a mixed. And you can do all sorts of cool stuff. Yeah, exactly. And if they want to keep it going, the move I think is to have the bad guy, like the heels, go over, right? And uh, oh yeah, is to have the heels go over, and then the and then the, the the good guys fight to win their titles back over the next couple of months, right? So I think I think I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you in that, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take Andrade. I'm I'm gonna take an, an Andrade and uh, and Angel Garza to win the uh, tag team championships uh, and then continue this feud. Cause I, I like what's been going on. Although it, it like it, uh, it would be kind of lame if Montez Ford got poisoned two weeks ago and lost his belt to these guys. It, uh, it would have made more sense to me if they like poisoned him and then he lost the title that way. Maybe they should have just held on to that one. Right. Poisoned his red solo cup right before a, uh, Right before the match, and then they steal the titles from him that way. Although I guess the match ended because it, it like they, they didn't pin Montez Ford in that scenario. The ref called it because they're like, "Oh, this guy passed out because he's been poisoned." For God's sake! <laughs> uh, so uh, Raw Tag Team Champion match official pick, Mac. Andrade and Angel. Andrade and Angel. Okay. All right. Um, let us do. Let's find a ladies match here because there's a few ladies matches. Ooh. Okay. Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville. Before we get into that, did you hear the nonsense that happened to these two earlier in the week? With the like hair versus hair stuff? No, but in real life, they not the uh, not the the actual kayfabe stuff. The no. Oh, uh, Sonya Deville. Um, 
had some dude show up. Like, I guess the two of them were hanging out just at, like, Sonya Deville's house or wherever she's staying in Orlando. I don't know if it's her actual house or whatever, but some stalker showed up to, like, her house with a knife or some garbage. And then they had to, like, book it out of the house and call the police. And it, it was just a wild story. I'm glad that uh, both ladies are okay and this person seems to be in custody. And uh, hopefully he gets the help that he so badly needs. But I'm just glad that ultimately no one was hurt. But this this was a real-life scary thing that obviously happened where, where some dude showed up at their place with a with a goddamn knife and was like ready to do something right just scary like scary stuff straight out of the movies right so just you know i'm like i said i'm just glad that everybody's okay but uh pivoting off that dark topic back into uh back into this uh mandy rose versus sonya deville in a hair versus hair match a classic classic gimmick match that hasn't been used apparently in close to 13 years Mac, I thought I read that the last time they did a hair versus hair match in the WWE was like it's been. I know it's been used in like TNA and a couple other places since then. The last time it was used in the WWE, WrestleMania 20, um, Molly Holly versus Trish Stratus. Uh, Trish Stratus goes goes over and then shaves Molly Holly's head at, at WrestleMania. Huh, what about the the Straight Edge Society? Because that chick had a shaved head. That's true. They, well, they, but yeah, but they, that wasn't in a traditional hair versus hair match. But you're right. That is a more uh, that is a more um, recent head shaving in in the WWE was uh, CM Punk Straight Edge Society. But even then, that was like what 2012, 2013. So that was like a good seven years ago. It's been a while since uh, since we've had a, a hair versus hair match. Uh, Mandy right. Rose versus Sonya Deville. Mandy Rose minus four hundred. Very heavy favorite, uh, Sonya Deville plus two fifty. So if you think Sonya Deville pulls the upset, um, there might be some value there. I, I I don't I wouldn't bet on that though. Uh, Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville here versus Sarah Mack. What do you think? Sonya should win. I mean, mm-hmm. okay, she's not going to be. Uh, fuck it, Sonya. I'm behind Sonya wow. on this one because they should. I think, in my opinion, they could book her to be like like a phenom. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like with the sort of stoic aesthetic, you know what I mean? Like she could morph into like a cold calculating heel. And I think that character would fit her really well. And if the first step to that is, is beating Mandy clean and sort of calling her weak and and kind of running through girls as a, uh, what would you call her powerhouse or just just more of a phenom? You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, yeah. technical master just dismantling people that would be awesome and that's what i would want probably not going to get it but i'll pick sonia <laughs> you're gonna pick sonia i i i agree with you wholeheartedly for all those reasons and more i'm picking Man- <laughs> mandy rose because i think that sonia deville getting her head shaved is what will be the impetus for everything you just described where will we'll be her transforming into some sort of like cold blooded killer who just goes okay. out there and just starts pummeling her opponents. Like it, I, I think, I think it's going to lead to a repackaging for Sonya Deville and she's just going to go out there and start like just pummeling uh, the other girls into submission. Um, there's also the thing of like, if you're Vince McMahon, does Vince McMahon let the, the tan blonde that's like completely shredded, get her hair shaved 
who they put on like the fitness, like the girl they're, they're putting on like the fitness magazines and stuff like that. Does, does Vince want that girl having her head shaved? Probably not. But like, I think, I think for all those reasons and more, we're going to, we might look back at this. Is, there's a very good chance that we look back on this match as like a jumping point for like both of these ladies careers, especially Sonya Deville. And it could be for Sonya Deville in a loss. Which is which is pretty crazy. Although like wins and losses, for the most part, don't matter in, in wrestling. But um, the loss facilitates the repackaging. Well, you do it, have me there. Exactly. So I think I think that would be it. Just as long as and I I hope when they do the hair versus hair, they they don't uh, they get. I, I'm always like wanting a professional to do it because it's been messed up so many times. Like remember the time Jeff? I think it was Jeff Jarrett. Remember the time he like shredded Raven's head. The one time because the Clippers didn't work or some garbage like that was uh, friggin' uh, Jimmy Hart. Was it? Oh. But but yeah, it was a it was a a it was... sheep shear. Yeah, and there's no real guard, so you got to be careful, or you will slice the hell out of someone with it. And yeah. the video is gross because yeah, it was Raven. That's though, what right? happens. Yeah, yeah, was, that was Raven. Yeah, in TNA, right? Yeah, and it was it yeah. was it's brutal if you if you're if you're. If you could handle some some of the more squeamish stuff, probably go look up that clip on YouTube. But it, it was it was some it was some pretty uh, nasty stuff because yeah they they had like the wrong type of she- like you said they were sheep shears so yeah that that explains why that happened. But it was also like but it's, there's been a couple other times before where they've they've messed up like the original time memory like uh, the the one. Jeff Jarrett, who's been involved in like apparently many uh, hair versus hair match. Remember, remember when he was, uh, you know, double J uh, and he had the long hair with the silver outfit and he, oh, lost, yeah. yeah, he lost his hair in a hair versus hair match and they couldn't get like, like the scissors broke or something like that. And then, so they were trying to like shave it like with a comb and like his thing, but it just completely lost the, the effect. So yeah, in hair versus hair, always just do the thing because they did it. They 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 did it in the aforementioned Trish versus Molly Holly match, where at the beginning of the match they set up a barber chair, and obviously one of their like stylists was stand like one of their paid stylists was standing next to the barber, you know, was standing next to the barber chair, and after Molly Holly lost the match to uh, Trish, one of the professionals shaved her head, and e- even though. Uh, like Trish beat her up and then like taped her to the chair. Right. And then the, uh, the stylist did it and Molly Holly got her head shaved without, you know, any unnecessarily blood or loss of skin. Right. So I just, I say, just continue to do that. Right. Like do that. Don't do, don't do the, don't have the wrestlers do it. There's just such a bad history of the wrestlers and hair versus hair match, just trying to do the hair cutting. And it's it yeah. Oh yeah. I completely agree. And it just, yeah. It can go so poor, so so poorly. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, just let a professional do it in that regard. So I'm gonna say uh, I'm picking Mandy in that. You're going with Sonya Deville. Yes, and we should do an over under. Well, it'd be another bet. I don't think Vegas will let us do it. Is if they have a little podium set up with the barber chair, yeah. they have a good all around that with the camera before yeah. the match, so you know it's a hair match and like yeah, let's hope you know so. maybe someone like slammed into it and like hit with a jug of Barbasol or something. You know? <laughs> Jeez. All right, uh, let's keep going here. Apollo Cruz versus MVP. Singles match for the United States Championship. Apollo Crews is coming in as the champion. And Bobby Lashley and Sheldon Benjamin, who have been calling themselves the Hurt Business recently, <laughs> are um, banned from ringside is the official stipulation. Is Bobby Lashley and so, so odds are that 
Apollo Crews is going to have uh, Ali and Cedric there at uh, at ringside, but MVP is going to be on his own. Uh, official stats for this match: Apollo Crews minus 200, MVP plus 150. So some good juice on MVP because um, I I think uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw I'm gonna explain why I think MVP might win in a second. Uh, but uh, why don't you go ahead and give your thoughts on Apollo Crews versus MVP for the United States Championship match? Well, I mean, he's got a lot of momentum, but would it make sense for, you know, he is a super baby face, but would it make sense for him to win again? I don't really think so, because then it's just kind of rinse, repeat. Mm-hmm. You know, so I kind of don't think he will, but I don't, I can't, I can't really say he's not, because what are you going to do? The other two are banned from ringside. He's going to have... And I didn't hear about that rumor. Is in have they like teased that that he has his own couple guys like that? Well, they've been doing three on three matches. Is the thing right? And uh, like it's been Apollo Crews, Cedric Alexander, and Mustafa Ali going up against Bobby Lashley, Sheldon Benjamin, and MVP in various matches over the last. So it's been kind of a three on three, although they haven't like officially given a name to Apollo Crews and and his crew, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, and there's been. Um, because here's why I think MVP is going to win. I'm 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 predicting uh, some sort of heel turn for either uh, Mustafa Ali or uh, Cedric Alexander. Because they've been teasing um, MVP's been like trying to recruit Cedric Alexander and 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 that sort of thing. And and uh, Sheldon Benjamin won the 24/7 title, and then Cedric Alexander won it from him, and then immediately lost it back. And I'm just thinking that this match ends. So odds wise, I actually like MVP at the plus 150 if you're keeping track betting wise, because I think we're primed in this. If I guess this is me kind of fantasy booking, but I think we're primed for a heel turn for for a heel turn of some sort, where because I mean Bobby Lashley and Sheldon Benjamin banned from the ringside seems like such a red herring to me, right? Because we're gonna be waiting for like Bobby Lashley and Sheldon Benjamin to come out. But Absolutely. what are you going to do now? Yeah, what are they going to do now? And that just seems like such a red herring to me because I think that um, those guys won't come out. But one of Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali is going to pull a heel turn on on Apollo Crews. And MVP is going to come out of SummerSlam as the United States champion. And uh, one of those two guys is going to join the Hurt Business. And they're going to continue being a bigger stable. Which I think it would, would help the, the Hurt Business's look because I think they need one more guy. Uh, to look real, truly threatening, even though they got three pretty big dudes. But I don't know. Kudos to MVP for doing it at his age. And, and I, I just think that – and also, Apollo Crews, it's been nice to see him carrying around the United States Championship, and he's been doing very well. But I, I got to agree with you that he's he's a super babyface right now, and he needs something to chase. So if he gets betrayed and then has to chase back his title, I think that's a good storyline for them to go with. So that's why I am going to pick uh, MVP. Um, what say you on this one? I was going to pick MVP just because I couldn't find – a good way to have Apollo win. I did not put as much thought into this as you have. You got me there. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, a build, something like you're talking about with either uh, a betrayal or, you know, something to get to get him back on the chase as a babyface is, is the only way to do this. Having yeah. a win now makes no sense. Yeah. Unless, so unless they just, yeah, unless they just super believe in Apollo Crews, but I just, I don't think it makes sense because if Apollo Crews wins or there aren't like, or if it doesn't have a schmozzy ending, you're kind of... You're hurting this. Well, I guess you're hurting the hurt business before they they, <laughs> they even kind of 
you know, they, they're, they're still kind of getting their, their sea legs, right? And if you just kind of cut the legs out from under them with, with a loss right here. Um, they're just uh, deflated completely. What do yeah. you do? And when you're and when you're a stable, you need to have a couple titles in there, right? So right now, Sheldon Benjamin's got the twenty four seven title. So, like, let's say Cedric Alexander makes that betrayal, and then the four of them come out there next night on Raw, and they're they're all standing there in the ring, and Sheldon Benjamin's got the twenty four seven title, and MVP's got the United States title. It just you know it makes you look more formidable, right? When you're when you're four badass dudes standing there with a couple of the belts, right? So. And it can't just be the 24-7 title because that's a fucking joke title, right? Like, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a nonsense title. Um, yeah, so we're both going with MVP in this one. Uh, which one yep. do we want to talk about next? I don't want to pivot to the ladies next because um, we're going to be – when we do, we're going to talk about those two matches together. So let us pivot to Dominic Mysterio with Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins, uh, who will likely have uh, Buddy Murphy with him, in a street fight. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, street fight basically meaning uh, no disqualification. So, uh, Seth Rollins, odds-wise, Seth Rollins, minus 130. Uh, Dominic Mysterio, minus 110. So, another um, another Ooh. match where they don't know uh, what the uh, which way to go. Uh, odds wise, and it's still pretty close. Virtually a coin flip with uh, the side somewhat weight with the side of the coin somewhat weighted to Seth Rollins' side. As you're I like out. this. This yeah. is just the way that like they're they're, they're not going to get behind either one. They don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because like there's several ways they can they can tell this story. Um, but yeah, Dominic Mysterio versus Seth Rollins in a street fight. Um, in some sort of uh, like this, this is coming off a of last pay per view where they had the eye for an eye match, which just like, did you see how that match ended, Mac? The the eye for an eye match. Um, I got <laughs> with the fake so people told removal. Me, yeah, like, and then it was like, well, okay, I didn't see it. I got to admit that. I asked people and they said it's kind of a wet fart because that's a great way to describe it for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Like it it had potential to really be goofy and awesome, but they sort of like dipped their toe into that territory and then Mm -hmm. took it out again and announced like, Oh, his eyeball was surgically put back. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, Oh, whoopty whoopty. So I don't, I didn't really, I didn't think that was very good, Mm -hmm. but now we got to change. This is more what WWE can do, right? This is more their style. Mm-hmm. And there have been hard-hitting street fight, good matches like this. And if if they had John Moxley, you know, he's he would be really good at this kind of match. But mm-hmm. but Seth Rollins can do this hundred percent too. Yeah. And and they can, and Rollins would probably be carrying like Dominic because he's the you know super wrestler and well, Dominic's just yeah that's started. the uh, that's the Mysterio. Uh, that's like my fourth pun of this podcast. I'm gonna try to cut that right out right now. But that's like that's the Mysterio of this uh, thing is we don't know what Dominic can do. We're just assuming that he's got the genes. He's 23. He's Ray Mysterio's son. We're just kind of assuming he can go. And if he goes in there and looks really awesome, they might have another another superstar on their hands. Man, you you don't know, right? This would be another one where like you'd really want to have the crowd. This is the match you really want to have the crowd in there for. I think. Yeah, because it just like, yeah, because I mean, if 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 it, because like you'd almost want to do it like, you'd almost want to play it like an Orange Cassidy match, I think, except with without the the um the intentional comedy of that that comes with a uh, 
Orange Cassidy match. Uh, shout out to him because he's like the best thing going on in the wrestling business right now. Um, <laughs> but like you'd want to do it where like Dominic is like getting his ass kicked for most of the fight, right? And then all of a sudden he gets like a drop kick in and then he does, he starts like, you know, bouncing off the ropes and hits a forearm and then bounces off the ropes again and hits like a bulldog. And then the crowd just ramps it up and he just like starts, you know, doing and then throws in like a hurricane Rana and a six one nine and just does like, basically he, you want to, you would want to see him like five to 10 minutes, not getting in an offensive move and looking like he can't wrestle. And then all of a sudden he, he just like, it's just, you know, move, 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 move. And then he just looks like a million bucks, right? Like that's – and then the crowd would be like going – you know, the crowd would be going nuts as, as he like starts ramping up the moves and as he's like bouncing off the ropes and just getting louder with each move. That That's how you'd want to book it. It's kind of unfortunate, but again, that's assuming hate can go. I just want to go back to the uh, to the I versus I match, Mac, because here's what I'll say about it. <laughs> okay. the, ending, the ending the ending to that match is one of those things where when you're a wrestling fan you hope that your non-wrestling fan friends don't see that yes because, because yes, there's indeed. because there's no way to defend it right <laughs> even like mm-hmm. even like even when you're a wrestling because as a wrestling fan you're like okay i'm into this but i understand that there's a certain level of silliness but sometimes things happen in wrestling especially in the wwe where you're like yeah, you, you're just like, boy, I hope no wrestling fan, I hope no non-wrestling fans are watching that because it was, it was like very bad. It was very poorly done and quite frankly laughable and uh, it was. And, and not in a good way. You can't defend no, it with campiness no, or that kind even, of thing either. Yeah, even for that, it was, it was really, really bad. Like it, like it would have been, what they tried to do would have been bad for like a 1980s B-movie horror film and except, <laughs> except it's 40 years later. So there was like, what are we doing here, guys? Right? Like. Uh, yeah, okay. Anyway, uh, so Dominic versus Rey Mysterio. Dominic sticking up for his dad, who was, quote-unquote, you know, who had his eye, quote-unquote, torn out by uh, Seth Rollins a month and a half ago. Uh, Dominic Mysterio, they did the thing where they, like, one of the more recent uh, hardcore, brutalized, violent-y type things that WWE's done, um, which has been the, when they tied Dominic Mysterio to the ropes and beat the hell out of him with the kendo sticks. And he clearly had like took those and had welts on his body and shit. So it's crazy that uh, they, they've chosen to be so weirdly violent in this, in this, which you don't normally get, even though some of the violence was cartoonish, super violence, <laughs> like the fake eye removal. But um, those kendo I, sticks weren't faked. Mm. Yeah. That was, that was so weird. Like, it's almost like what are you like what are you guys going for? One one person maybe this is like a rotating generals thing, right? Like one person says extreme campy silly unbelievable crap. And the other one's like we need someone to take a lot of stiff stuff and make this like, you know, ECW and mm-hmm. you know just th- that kind of thing where you know someone's really taking stiff shots and maybe they need Dominic to pay his dues in that regard, but like yeah. and after that it's like so what? You're just gonna make him lose? So like Dominic and Rey Mysterio just like, like should really like you get the impression like why are you guys still going? Mm-hmm. Like why are you here if all you're gonna do is get like friggin' your eyeball, you know, ripped out and just get yeah. the hell caned out of you? Like so they got to do something. They got that's why it would almost make sense to have Dominic win. It's like they're building for that. Like mm-hmm. why would Seth Rollins be so? into this if he's not going to at least have dominic win and put him over 
in, in some way. And it might be carrying him to do that. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree. It is pretty weird. I wouldn't have like it. I would I would have done it more with with the matches and more with wrestling like you know Dominic and Ray just seem to get short-ended and underhanded lost you know lose because of those tactics instead of these weird instead of this weird like what do you call this like I, I would call it edgelorded you know what I mean yeah, and a that's bit. the term for exactly for like teens being like oh man that was so edgy and violent and <laughs> they need to. 13 year olds be talking to their friends about how brutal raw was and mom and dad don't get it. They don't like this (laughs) stuff. These normie people. So yeah, yeah, it was a little silly, but anyway, do you want my prediction? Do you want, do you want my call on this one? Hell yeah. I'm going to say Dominic. And just for those reasons, like why are you doing this? If you're not going to have him turn around and do something cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm of two minds on this. Um, one is, uh, I'm not sure if they want to, I'm not sure if a Seth Rollins win makes him a super villain, like a super heel. So I'm not sure if that's, I'm not sure if that's something they're interested in. And then I'm not sure how committed they are to Dominic to give him a type of win over their, the biggest heel on raw right now. Right. So I, I, I'm very curious as to how they book this. I, I really am. I have, I, I'll, I'll admit I have no feel for this. I'm going to say that Rollins goes over. Cause I think, cause like, and you know, Ray Mysterio has been walking around with the eye patch over his mask and some of the matches just, or masks have eye patches just built right into them. So it's like Ray Myst- is like, obviously Ray Mysterio and buddy Murphy are going to get involved in this match to some capacity. Otherwise you wouldn't have a no DQ stipulation on the match. So it is like, does like Ray Myst- is like Rollins kicking the shit out of Ray Mysterio or Dominic Mysterio, and then Ray jumps in and rips off the eye patch and says, "Surprise! I'm not blind!" And then starts like you know beating him up and six one nine him, and then Dominic and hit Dominic and him both do the double six one nine, and then he and then he pins uh, and then he pins Rollins for the W. Um, or or do they want Rollins to? Or do they want all that to happen, but then have Rollins still turning around with some with some heel shenanigans to keep his uh, evil uh, character going? I don't think um, Rollins will be hurt by a loss here again, because as I previously stated, wins and losses in wrestling for the most part don't matter. Um, I'm gonna say Rollins goes over just because I think they're interested in so, just because I think there'll be shenanigans, but I really don't have anything to base it on. I I could honestly go either way on this, and I think the I think the minus one thirty minus one ten, which makes this like virtually a coin flip. Um, I think I think that's right because I I don't know which way they they want to go with this. We're usually not this stump, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I like it. I like it when, and well, you wait until later because I'm going to be even more stumped when we get to the ladies in a minute. But uh, <laughs> uh, do you have anything else you want to say about the street fight match? It's actually, you know what? I didn't think about this as a uh, way to elevate Rollins into even crazier, evolve his character. Because mm-hmm. think about this. What if the caning and the the violence was just some sort of initiation or me or mm-hmm. thing that had to happen for Dominic to like see the light and accept himself as one of yeah. like uh, Seth's goons. Cause Seth yeah. kind of has a sort of cult leader, you know, evil yeah, Messiah absolutely. sort of vibe. So what if that happens? Cause it seems like Ray Mysterio is always down 
to be even more of a like a face that loses. Mm-hmm. He's done that more than anything else, which is kind of crazy. About you know he's so loved and is so much you know living legend and he's such a big deal. But yeah, he's a face who loses more than he wins. And he would be, and uh, Ray would be even more with that way if his son betrays him. And Dominic joining uh, Seth's faction, you know what I mean, would give him a stable to, to learn and, and people around him to help him look good, right? Yeah. Kayfabe and non-Kayfabe. And then, uh, yeah, and then it would totally be like Rollins is that weird psycho messiah. So yeah. Yeah. that could also work. Dominic comes out there on Monday night dressed like uh, one of those druids and he starts flogging himself <laughs> on the back and stuff like that. <laughs> I would laugh, uh, man. Actually, you know what? That would be kind of funny. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Um, uh, let's move on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna one more and then we'll get uh, one more and then we'll get to the ladies. Let's do one of the WWE championship matches. Let's do Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. Uh, Randy Orton still got it, man. Putting in some of the best, like. Randy Orton, who basically the the Undertaker for most of his career, Mac was always kind of the break in case of emergency um, <laughs> championship guy. Get him involved, right? Yeah, yeah. and now <laughs> now it's like Randy. That torch has been firmly passed to uh, John Cena. You know, obviously it was passed to actually I wouldn't even say it was passed to Cena because Cena was always kind of just. John Cena. He was but big, ma- big match John. He was big match John. So that's that's me not giving that's me not giving Cena enough credit. But I would say the torch has been passed to Randy Orton. Randy Orton's basically been the the guy over the past few years who it's like when we need something to go on with the WWE Championship break uh, breaking case of emergency. Randy Orton, but he's been putting in some great work. Um, the Legend yeah. Killer bringing you know tapping into all his old gimmicks with the Legend Killer beating up uh uh. Rick Flair and, and Shawn Michaels was there the other night, not looking particularly good. Um, but, uh, yeah, Orton beat the hell out of the two of them, punted one of them and then did the, uh, uh, brought, you know, brought back the punt and then, uh, you know, I don't like, pardon. I said punt sucks compared to the RKO. Oh no, I know. But the punt is the most protective move in all of wrestling. Like, which makes sense because it's a kick to the head in real life. That's attempted murder, right? Like if you, if you get into a street fight in real life and you put a guy in the ground and as he's trying to get up, you, you full on kick him in the head. Like Randy Orton does. That's like legally in, well, at least in our country anyway, Mac of Kenyatta, that's attempted murder up here. Cause you Kenyatta. Can, yeah. Cause you can seriously like, damage oh, yeah. someone with with that sort of thing oh. which is which is why the punt is the most protected move in the thing and randy orton only busts it out like uh once in a while ba- basically when he's full nasty heel guy randy orton's like i'm gonna kick this dude right in the skull <laughs> right like um, you're right yeah and, and and that use of it mm-hmm. does make sense i just i always had kind of two i guess two minds on that because yeah it is for the most despicable person so you want like you know, a really despicable move, but there are ones where I can more easily suspend my disbelief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just like the big show's knockout punch. It's like, what? That's what you're doing? You're here to yeah. entertain me and just yeah. throwing a right hand. You're here to entertain me and you're just going to run and kick somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, well, the, the punt, I, I, I feel like they've used the punt sparingly enough that it's not, uh, that, that it's, it's not. Plus it is like, I, I believe that, like, here's the thing. I believe that if 
like because again it's a it's a kick to the head if i had like 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 just think of some of the biggest badasses who have ever you know lived like brock lesnar's on that list uh uh mike tyson's on that list uh I, I'm struggling to come up with a second name, but let's just go with George Mike Tyson. Saint Pierre, yeah, George St. Pierre, Anderson Silva, any of those guys. <laughs> if any of those guys stumbled to the ground and I got three strides, like, like if those guys, and I stepped in the ring with any one of those guys, they would kick the shit out of me without even breaking a sweat or and barely lifting a pinky. But if one of those guys tripped and fell and I got three strides and I kicked them in the side of the head, I would knock them unconscious. Doesn't matter how tough they are. Cause it's a full three stride and a kick to the side of the goddamn head. Right? Like it, this is just physics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's just, that's exactly. That's how physics and, and like basic human physiology work. Right? Like it's, it's just, it's like a human being is not meant to get, like soccer ball like like penalty shot style like in the side of the head while you're knocked over right it's just oh it's gross um but so, yeah so Rand, randy orton punch. <laughs> but yeah the, but like the the knockout punches that's a whole other kettle of terrible fish um i don't like the punt but i think the the knockout punch is worse oh it's way worse it's, the punt is it's believable only saving grace is it's a giant doing it yeah and but like the choke slam still makes more damn sense. Yeah, exactly. And it also made sense when, like, even though he was terrible in his run in WCW, but when Tank Abbott showed up for that, those few months in, like, the dog days of WCW when they were dying and they gave him the one-punch knockout, but, like, he would punch the guys, like, in, the in like, the shoulder and they would go flying back 10 feet and pretend to be knocked out. <laughs> that was when it was truly bad. But, yeah, the one-punch knockout has never been great in wrestling and they, it should just be banned. Um... Anyway, Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. Uh, McIntyre coming in as the champion with the WWE Championship on the line. McIntyre plus 100 odds. Randy Orton minus 140. So a fairly significant favorite is Randy Orton to win uh, the WWE Championship and either tie or come close to tying um, John Cena's record for most uh, WWE Championships. Uh, What say you on uh, Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton, uh, Mac? That's surprising, man. That's surprising mm-hmm. that they're favoring Randy because, like, Drew's still super hot with this, and I didn't think they'd mm-hmm. want to uh, have him drop. I What I think, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, Randy is a master. He can have the best matches, and his, his style is old school, which is more of a violent kind of style, but it's like the big Haas style. Like, mm-hmm. Randy is not small, no. and... Like, He's a, a bigger dude, and he's good and agile. But the thing is, is they don't really bill him like a big Haas guy. But like that's his style is the era, whereas that was basically all there was. Mm-hmm. And I think you got him in there to make Drew look really good. And Randy will do that when that's his mission. And he did it for Brock Lesnar. And Randy's a wrestler's wrestler. And so, okay, you want Brock? You want me to make Brock good? Fine. Have Brock bust me real bad. Yeah, but get let me do something that gets me cred as a wrestler's wrestler, and he's kind of weird that way because he was really over kind of with the mainstream. I think more casual fans, but I think most kind of smarky guys should recognize that he is a master and he's amazing matches. Uh, when that's I guess the order of the day. Not all his matches are amazing, 
made me remember him and Bray Wyatt from what, like 2014 or 15. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, that was yeah, that was like three or four years ago at WrestleMania, right? Yeah, that was when they did all the stock photo images on the bottom of the ring. Yeah, that wasn't good. I think that was someone else's idea that just flubbed completely. Yeah, there's an idea that sounds good on paper, but they just they kind of not well executed. Yeah, not at all. But in this case, I think he's there, and he is going to make Drew look like a million bucks, mm-hmm. and Drew is going to come out hotter than ever. Vegas doesn't think so, but me and Vegas disagree here. Yeah, so you're you're picking Drew McIntyre. Yep, I am too. I'm I'm, I'm liking the plus one hundred. I think we're getting a little bit of uh, I think we're getting a little bit of juice there. So let's let's go ahead and take the take the perceived underdog in this matchup to uh, retain because I don't think they're done with uh, Drew McIntyre yet. Even if Randy Orton loses, they can still continue this feud because that's just how Randy Orton works. I don't think the Smarks have ever yeah. really hated Randy Orton throughout his career. It's mostly been like. There was the time when there was the there were the kind of the dog days of creativity, you know, in like the early aughts and the early teens where like every other pay-per-view was seemingly Randy Orton versus John Cena in the main event for the title. Right. And and it, it, it you know, it, it got kind of dark there for like a for like a two year period where of the 24 pay-per-views, like 13 or something of them were, were Randy Orton main evented by Randy Orton versus Cena with one of them coming in as the champion. So that got a little bit, uh, but you know, those yeah. the raffle Randy or what is it? LL Cena wins raffle. So does Randy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, that type of crowd, right? Yeah. That was a, yeah, that was a running meme amongst wrestling fans for the longest time. But I mean, like nobody ever, they, I don't feel like anybody ever really turned on Orton. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna go with uh, McIntyre too. I think he's gonna retain, and uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take that plus 100, Mac. Hell yeah! All right, three matches left to talk about. We're gonna group two of them together because it's finally time to start talking about the ladies. Um, your girl Oscar pulling double duty this week. Um, she yeah. has a match against Sasha Banks for the Raw Women's Championship, as well as a match against Bailey for the SmackDown women's championship. Um, yeah. Pulling double duty. This we alerted to earlier, uh, Mac, how, um, uh, we, we couldn't really nail down Dominic, uh, Mysterio versus Seth Rollins. Cause there's just so many ways going both ways to tell the story. I have no idea how they're going to friggin' play this because this is, this has just been, I think great stuff. Um, more Asuka is always better. So I like that we're getting two matches featuring Asuka. I don't have the slightest clue who they would choose to drop, drop the belts or if they choose them to drop the belts at all. I feel like they got to, like, I will say, I feel like one of the, one of Sasha or Bailey's got to drop the belt, um, to make this going. Cause I don't think you can have Asuka lose both matches. That'd be kind of, kind of lame sauce totally uh, why do you set this up if she just loses both yeah yeah why yeah why would you set it up like this if she loses both so i'm i'm just like the way i feel it should k- kind of go or here's how i would play it. even though they have endless they have an endless resource of storytelling that they could do here um my first initial booking with my with my simple person brain um is in no discernible order oscar Banks retains and Bailey loses her belt. And then that kind of starts the dissension in the ranks between Banks and Bailey leading to the inevitable Banks Bailey uh, match that we're uh, we're all hoping for. 
But um, let me just give okay. you the odds here before you get into it. Um, uh, it is an absolute coin flip in uh, Bailey versus Oscar. They are both minus one twenty. No way! Yeah, it's they, even. Yep, yeah, it's a it's a legitimate coin flip. Uh, wow! In that one, but in Banks versus Oscar, Oscar's got a a little bit more of a favorite. Uh, so Oscar's minus one thirty, and Banks is minus one ten. So they're saying that Oscar, like according to the odds makers, Oscar's more likely to win the SmackDown Championship off of Banks. Uh, than she is to win it off of uh, Bailey because she's a slight favorite. Um, again, with Bailey being uh, uh, Bailey with being minor, uh, Bailey versus Oscar being a virtual coin flip. Uh, how do you feel like they're going to play this one, Mac? Well, I think Sasha is more likely to retain, mm-hmm. and this is kind of fantasy booking because I like her better as a heel. Yes. as the, the the heel boss you know what i mean because mm-hmm. like heel bailey is just kind of like heel bitchy baby you know what i mean <laughs> like mm-hmm. she's not as entertaining in my opinion as a heel and she like sasha can obviously do a face character just fine but if you have to pick one bailey she's more of a natural face and that's i think what she'll eventually end up kind of back to like she goes out of that but it kind of always comes back I think Sasha has more heel kind of potential, so I do not see. Yeah, I, th- I think Oscar will beat Bailey in a good match, and Bailey will be all sad. But then Sasha will beat Oscar, but Oscar will still look strong. I don't know how they're going to do that. I just don't see Sasha losing. That's really the only outcome that I would that I really really bet on. Maybe they'll have Schmazzy entrance or Oscar's DQ'd or. Oscar, you know, starts getting kind of gassed and finds a chair and hits her, or tries to sneak a chair shot or something like that. Yeah, I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Banks retains, and then Oscar beats Bailey for the SmackDown title. I just don't know how they are going to. I'm I'm really curious as to how they do this. I'm 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 mostly intrigued to see how they how they uh, how they play this. What I do, the one storytelling that I think is some would be somewhat off limits to me, just because I don't I think it gives you the least amount of like if you were to if you were to track it on a mind map and you have your <laughs> mind map where you, yeah if you're to track it on a mind map where you're like okay um, Sasha Banks retaining. And Bailey winning gives us this, 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 and this. Um, Bailey retaining and Banks losing gives us this, 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 and this. I think Banks and Bailey both retaining only gives you kind of like this and this. So I think I think it gives you the least amount of places to go if they both retain. Um, yeah, I see that. Yeah, there's not as much yeah I, uh, momentum for any change or anything to happen. Yeah, I think it, I think I think it gives you the least amount of places to go if they both retain. So I feel like Oscar's got to come away from SummerSlam with at least one of the belts. So I personally am going to predict Banks retains the uh, the Raw Championship and then Bailey uh, loses the and then but Oscar wins the SmackDown uh, Championship. And I have no idea which way you would want to play it. Like maybe they did. Like there's also the the you know there's also door number four where Oscar. <laughs> Oscar beats Banks because of Bailey, and then Oscar beats Bailey because of Banks, and walks out with both of the belts, and is <sighs> double champion. And then Banks, and, and then that starts the uh, dissension between 
Banks and Bailey, who are still the SmackDown tag team champions, but then they start doing the thing where they're bumping into each other in the middle of matches, in the middle of tag team matches and stuff. And then, you know, they start shoving each other and then eventually they lose the tag team titles to who God only knows. But, you know, that's a way they could play it if they want to play it that way. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't, that's not my favorite, but if they decided to play it that way, I'd be like, sure. It's just, they've done some really great storytelling with the ladies during the COVID era. And I like the fact that I, I just, I love booking where you can give yourself maximum number of where, where no matter which way you play it, you give yourself maximum number of ways to go with it. Right. And I feel like they've done that with the way they book these, uh, they book these four ladies. Plus the matches should just be great. Cause they're all, all three of them are great workers. And, um, yeah, but I, I personally think Oscar uh, has to walk out with at least one of the titles. And um, I'm not sure. Like, would you do these matches back-to-back? Uh, just like, like, like does... does I wouldn't. I, I don't like that. I think you'll get more, more crowd interaction if they get a time to sort of mm-hmm. forget about it or... You know what I mean? Just let it simmer for a little bit and then bring it back. Yeah. Cause, but, like, I, I could also see them playing it, like... Like I, I could just picture this kind of happening in my head, where it, it the first match is is Banks versus Oscar, and then Bailey helps Banks, uh, like Bailey cheat, you know Bailey as is tradition helps Banks cheat to retain the the, the Raw Championship, and then as uh, as you know Banks, you know so Banks gets her down for the one two three, and then Banks rolls off and starts, uh, you know celebrating, and just as she's barely celebrating her win, Bailey immediately jumps in. And, you know, and starts pummeling on the knocked out Oscar and is like, you know, you know, ring the bell. Our match is starting now. You know, that sort of thing. Right. While Oscar's already, you know, worn out from her match with Banks and then Oscar and then, you know, Oscar gets some sort of roll up pin and and or or, you know, just does the the good just does the baby face comeback. And, and, and I guess there's just I'm just I, uh, I just I love that. The point is, like, uh, this is a long, very long-winded way of me saying <laughs> that uh, I think I think they they've done a great job because there there's just uh, so many ways they can go with this. And I, yeah, I but the WWE's like me cooking eggs. You don't think you can screw something up, and somehow they can. <laughs> yeah, fair. That's fair. Well, let's just uh, let's just think positive thoughts. Uh, so both of us are picking Banks, and then I, I'm picking Oscar to go over uh bailey and win the uh the smackdown women's championship uh what say you uh between bailey and oscar uh now you know what you got me focusing on the potential for super monster asuka if she manages <laughs> to get through both oh, yeah. and maybe don maybe more of a sinister snapped kind of character mm-hmm. but i don't know that's what i thought for uh sonya so yeah. maybe maybe not all right you know what we agree on this one. She beats one. She doesn't beat two. Things stay moderate. That sets up the split. Eventually, we get the good ladies match. It's, I, I, you know what? Maybe not the most complex plot ever, but that's okay. These guys can work it well. Yeah. Just got to do good storytelling, right? All right. Last but certainly not least, uh, Braun Strowman defends the WWE Universal Championship against The Fiend, Bray okay, Wyatt. Which- 
incoming rant. <laughs> okay. Uh, let me just give you the odds, and then and then I'll I'll set you loose on the rant. Uh, Braun Strowman uh, plus one thirty, Bray Wyatt minus one seventy. So the second biggest favorite. Actually, that's not true because Apollo Cruz is a minus two hundred. So one of the bigger favorites is what I'll say. Uh, Bray Wyatt plus Mandy Rose was a cool minus four hundred to win the hair versus hair match. Um, so yeah, Bray Wyatt uh, minus one seventy, Braun Strowman plus one thirty. Uh, Mac, uh, go ahead. I don't really see a good end here until my fantasy booking that's coming up. And I okay. don't see a good end here because Strow like okay, so the fiend wins, Strowman looks meet moop. And I kinda want Strowman to win, mm-hmm. but at the same time, Bray always gets the short end. So you get two guys that like always get the short end. Yeah. So this is where it's kinda like, damn. Damn, damn, damn. The whole thing of like Strowman wins, but then Wyatt turns back into the Fiend. It's like, well, you just stole his thunder. So does that mean they're finally getting behind the Fiend? Okay. But they're doing it at the expense of Strowman, which kind of sucks. It's like you're choosing one monster over another. I can kind of understand why they want to get behind the Fiend, because he's more out there. He's better for the 13-year-olds. And you know what? I'm not holding that against WWE. I'm not... And trying to sound like I'm just insulting 13-year-olds and saying, oh, your taste uh, isn't as important as mine. I'm not. It's probably better for business to go with The Fiend and dial down Braun. Because for whatever goddamn reason, he wasn't the huge deal that he should have been. Maybe they're just over it. Maybe everybody's over it. And I'm the last person that's ever going to get over it. (laughs) But, okay. Fiend will probably win. Is I hope they don't make him indestructible. Maybe Strowman can at least face the curtain with a bow or face the 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 downhill that he's going on now with a bow. But what you could also do is you could have Strowman emerging as a monster from the swamp with his own crazy supernatural persona, and he's crazy awesome, and maybe he's the Archvile or something like that. <laughs> Or and he lives in the swamp and he's a lumberjack from the swamp and he just throws trees at people and then maybe the fiend and the vile join forces as an unstoppable mutant team from the swamp and they just show up out of out of pools and choke people and drag them down and you think you saw something with Papa Shango but you ain't seen nothing yet these guys are just <laughs> invincible supernatural monsters that <laughs> that make people come to matches in the swamps and they just lean into that and it's awesome but i don't think that would happen it could it could happen. Don't 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 say it. Don't say it can't happen. I mean, I I, I could see it because I mean, the the thing about the fiend seems to be the, the one the one thing that's consistent with it is it seems to be when you encounter the fiend, you turn into a heel. Um, aside from the the Goldberg stuff that we choose to ignore, that was uh, obviously just done for 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 oil money. Um, stuff but, are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it, like it, it just seems to be when you encounter the fiend, you turn into a heel. So it was weird the other day when, like, like the the match that they had at SummerSlam, the cinematic match they had at, um, oh god, what was the last pay per view? The, the uh, horse. Yeah, the horror. Yeah, how did I forget that? The horror show at Extreme Rules. Right? How did I forget that kooky title? Um, 
Yeah, the, the, the match that they had, I thought, was a lot of fun because they went through – because, like, it also – I do enjoy this whole we go through your – when you fight the Fiend, we go through your the greatest hits of your entire career. So, with John Cena, they went through the, like, you know, ruthless aggression all the way to the uh, to the Doctor of Thugonomics, all the way to him <laughs> rapping and dressed as Vanilla Ice, all the way to him, uh, you know, becoming uh, – you know, uh, PG era John Cena. Yeah, and... PG era John Cena, bodybuilder John Cena, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all the way to now John Cena with the with the bad hairdo. Um, and uh, with Braun Strowman, we went through the thing where it's like here's him as the black as the uh, the black sheep, and then uh, he, here's him, you know, as a member of the Wyatt family, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, they referenced his thing with um, uh, Alexa Bliss. Who... She has just been. That was kind of funny. I think it's like, yeah. nope, care about her. She's gonna get involved. Nope, sorry, damsel in distress. No one cares about you. <laughs> yeah, that that was like, yeah, because I want to get into that in a second. But yeah, that her being like Braun's version of Sister Abigail, as he has like this nightmare vision in the swamp. I thought that that was a lot of fun and creative, um, and a fun callback to the mixed match challenge and and made made the mixed match mixed match challenge that's a hard thing to say um made, made it count in the long run right so it wasn't just this thing that they did one time for funsies it actually counted for like storyline and stuff um that was that was a lot of fun so like but it was weird though because like the fiend came out to attack um alexa bliss and then put the mandible claw on her one week and then next week he he went to go do it again and she like stopped him and started like caressing his face and it was like well that's a little bit strange but then braun got on the mic with with his newly shaved head kudos to him for uh for finally admitting that the hairline isn't what it once was and quite frankly made him look like more of a badass without the receding hairline right but just like the giant beard with the with the bald uh head made him look like that much more of a monster to me and because uh, now he looks like a fucking Game of Thrones character or something like that, <laughs> and he just like, or like a yeah, just it just looks like a like a real life Viking or some shit, right? But yeah, he he, but like him going out there and just like he's supposed to be the face in this match as far as we know, but then he went out there and he was like, it, you know, he was like, I don't give a shit about Alexa. You can beat her up all you want. And I'm like, well, that's decidedly not a baby face thing to say. And then he goes out there the week <laughs> after and he press slams Alexa Bliss and where he's like, I'll show you how much I don't care about her. And he picks her up and press slams her. And I was just like, oh, that is decidedly on baby face to do. So it's just like, how do they like, how do they play it? Do they become like some sort of like has you know was did the dip in the swamp you know make Braun into an evil heel and he's gonna join the fiend or something like you kind of booked there potentially I don't know or is it like is it gonna mess Braun up so so bad that he just uh, isn't thinking straight and it costs him the match against the fiend or or like is Alexa Bliss gonna get involved on behalf of the fiend and then they some start some sort of weird Joker Harley Quinn sort of dynamic because Alexa Bliss when she first came into the WWE that was her gimmick where her gimmick was like I dress up like Harley Quinn right and uh and I come out there with the pigtails and stuff like that. And it was just like, oh, okay, proceed. I believe that would be a, a detriment to her and uh, her abilities as a singles wrestler, especially on the mic in the women's division. Um, but it'd be fun to do for like a couple of months and then, you know, deviate from it. But yeah, yeah does, does she like interfere and help the Fiend win? Is it all a ruse that Alexa and uh, 
Braun are running and they're running the, you know, she's, he's using the fiend or he's using her to help him distract the fiend so he can get the drop on the fiend. Who knows? Um, should be lots of fun. I personally think I love Braun Strowman. I'm torn between my want for Braun Strowman to not be the, um, Big Show 2.0, where he's constantly waffling back. This is what I can't. Yeah, I I can't not. You know what I mean? This is just the, like the weird thing that I see is inevitable, and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. But it's just slowly losing. He is just slowly losing steam. Like mm-hmm. I I hate it, but I don't know what to. Like I can't say it's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm torn between my I'm torn between my my want for Braun Strowman not to be the Big Show 2.0, where he's just constantly waffling back and forth between babyface and heel and winning and losing titles, but not getting a super long run with the title ever. That's and it. I'm, not doing too much as either one, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm and I'm and but and on the flip side of that coin, I love the Fiend and I want the Fiend to maintain being this unstoppable monster, except for that one thing that we never talk about ever. Um, and yeah, so I, I I'm gonna go with with my heart on this one, and I'm gonna take the fiend minus the 170 because I want the fiend to win, and and be the be the champion, and and just be like, and also I want him to keep it being like, I I I want the fiend to be the champion, but they didn't play it like this during his first run because like obviously they fucked it up with the Goldberg thing, um, but I want it to be like, I want it to be like really keep it where the fiend and, and bray is like a separate entity so i want the fiend to be the champion but bray wyatt isn't the champion you know what i mean so like okay. if if stroman loses the title and then stroman gets his hands on bray wyatt again and he's like bray i want to challenge you for the belt and then bray you know like goes well i'm not the champion you can't challenge me for the belt i'm bray wyatt the fiend is the champion right like you gotta you know talk yeah. to him about winning the belt off of him like I, th- I think that would be some some fun, cool storytelling that they could do, and uh, eventually leading up to a fiend versus demon match with uh, uh, Finn Balor somewhere down the line once he gets off of NXT. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my heart on this one, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the fiend. Uh, what say you? Just as far as a a solid pick for this match. You see, I'm going to pick the Fiend as well, but it's not from my heart. It's mm-hmm. from my head. Yeah. Because I don't see uh, Strowman retaining and doing much with it. Like, if Fiend wins it, that's cool. And maybe he can feud with Strowman a bit more. Maybe with a stroke of luck, they can develop Strowman. Maybe they can become back in a stable again. You know, even if Strowman's just the... Uh, the big enforcer or something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Something just to resonate somehow with him could still be achieved with the fiend winning. You've heard my fantasy booking. I know that won't happen. So I'll just concede to the facts and go with the fiend. <laughs> I'm mostly interested to see if Alexa bliss gets involved in this matchup and, and, uh, That's the ice cream take. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm mostly excited to see if, if they if they if she gets involved in this matchup and then something happens uh, there. Um, yeah, so that's it. I'm I'm excited. There should be some good matches. I'm honestly most excited to see what happens with all the ladies matches. Like, I'm curious to see how Sasha and Oscar play it. I want to see who who gets their head shaved between Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Want to see if Alexa Bliss gets involved in the main event and see if something happens. But there's also some some good stuff in there. Like or- Orton McIntyre should be very interesting and. Uh, 
uh, you know, the Mysterios versus Rollins and Murphy should be should be worth a look too. Um, yeah, should be really great. I'm excited to see what goes on in SummerSlam. Um, crossover podcast available at thecrossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and soundcloud.com slash crossoverpodcast. We're on iTunes. Please rate and subscribe. Five stars only. And as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the Crossover Podcast. We are also now on Google uh, Spotify, or Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher, so please check us out and uh, leave us a review there and uh, pump up our numbers there. That would uh, be greatly appreciated. Um, that's going to be it for this week. But a quick turnaround for us, because I'm going to imagine that we're going to be back on Monday. This will be up like late Thursday, early Friday. Um, uh, I'm going to be back next week, probably on Monday, with Craig uh, talking sports. Because we'll know who's playing who in the second round of the NHL playoffs. So we'll likely talk that. And I would also guess that Craig and I are going to be doing some uh discussing of the over-unders for football because football is uh come hell or high water that season is uh is is starting uh sooner rather than later so uh we'll, we'll see how that goes craig and i will likely discuss that but i'm mostly excited to talk about the second round of the nhl playoffs because my beloved colorado avalanche uh, look like they might be the team to beat this year man they, they man they really took it to the phoenix coyotes in the first round and uh Really, really look like the team that that might might be the the Stanley Cup champions in in a month or so. Uh, here's hoping, uh, Mac. Uh, once again, happy birthday! And as always, it is uh, great having you on the Crossover Podcast. Uh, well, thank you, thank you, always. Thank you for having me. No problem. Can't wait to get you back on. I don't know uh, you. Um, what's the next big pay per view that we usually do after SummerSlam? Usually, we wait till the Rumble, right? Yeah. Yeah, we usually wait to the rumble. I would imagine in the COVID area I'm gonna I'm gonna probably have you back on in uh I'm gonna I'm gonna probably gonna have you back on before the Royal Rumble just cause uh Let's see what other ridiculous shit they try to do. Yeah, we'll see we'll see how it goes because it, it'll it'll depend on how football season goes, to be honest with you. But we'll 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 hopefully have you back before uh ho- hopefully be able to get you back on before uh before i know you need entertainment you don't yeah. have the usual you know <laughs> yeah. uh helping with sports this year <laughs> yeah yeah and also like the movies and pop culture stuff that we normally have to talk about that's have, gimped but, as well yeah they're yeah they're also on hiatus for the most part so uh we'll see um yeah as always uh good talking to you uh take care everybody and we'll see you next time on the crossover podcast